Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'll start by saying I'm 35 male and have been in the military my entire adult life. 
I consider myself logical, objective, and pragmatic, and don't really subscribe to anything paranormal or anything that involves speculation or faith in general. I only believe in what I personally experience, and this is by far the most unexplainable thing that I've experienced. On my wall in my old apartment was a Pearl Jam set list in a cheap black plastic frame. A longtime friend of mine came to visit one night, and we'd go out for a few drinks. A few drinks turned into a few more, and we both got pretty drunk. We walked back to my place, more like stumble, and enter the apartment. The set list is on the wall that the apartment door opens into, and when we came in, the set list falls off the wall, and a piece of plastic that runs along the length of the frame breaks off when it hits the ground. The piece that broke off was about two inches long and less than half an inch wide. It wasn't super noticeable, but I figured no big deal I'll replace the frame at some point. I considered super gluing it, but since it's like a $30 frame, I'll just get a new one. Cut to six months later. I'm driving home at around 7 a.m. after working a night shift. I randomly think to myself, shit, I need to get a new frame and decide to take a look at it when I get home. I walk into my apartment, drop my work bag, and immediately turn to the frame set list and pull it off the wall to examine it. When I take it off the wall, I realize the frame isn't broken at all. The piece I remembered coming off wasn't broken and the frame was in perfect condition. At this point, I'm thinking, what the F? Why do I remember this being broken? Whatever, I'm not going to give too much thought to something that isn't an issue, right? Cool. I place the frame back on the wall and bend down to take off my boots. As I'm untying my boot, the frame falls and hits the ground. I grab the frame pick it up and turn it towards me to see that the frame had just now broken, exactly in the way that I remembered it being broken, a long skinny piece breaking off the long portion of the frame. I immediately started looking for evidence that I had superglued it, and there's none. I thought maybe I must have and forgot, I guess. That would have been obvious, and I would have noticed that when I initially took it off the wall to inspect it. I immediately called my brother to tell him about it and was blown away and pretty freaked out. It's really the only thing that's ever happened to me that I cannot explain. I ran through every option and I can't make sense of it. I was under the influence of alcohol when it happened, or so I thought, and then coming off a night shift when it broke. Again? But that doesn't explain why I have a memory of an event that apparently never happened. Then it happened in the same exact fashion as the memory I already had. The mental image of the broken frame I had in my mind is precisely how it broke right in front of me. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like that? My husband and daughter and I flew to Europe. Before we left, I got my nails painted, something I hardly ever do. While on the flight... My husband and I watched a movie. We looked over and seen my daughter passed out in her seat. We laughed because she had said she was going to stay up the whole flight. Typical teenager. We finished our movie and we fell asleep. I don't know for how long, but I woke up and I looked at my husband and he woke up and looked at me. I smiled and I looked down at my nails and I noticed a scratch across my thumbnail where the paint had been removed. It was scratched from left to right. I looked at him and I told him, look at my nail. He said, what did you do? I said, I don't know. Maybe it was getting the luggage up. He said, you should have just let me do it. I said, 
Yeah, and put my hand down. We ended up falling back to sleep. We woke up when we were about to land. I looked at my nail in disappointment, and the nail polish was back. I looked at my husband in total confusion and held my hand up to him to show him my thumb. He looked shocked and grabbed my hand and twisted my thumb to see. If it had been by accident, we seen it scratched, but no, it was perfect. I said, okay, so you remember me showing you my Polish scratched off, right? He said, yeah. I said, which way was it scratched? And he drew on my thumbnail left to right. I was in shock. My daughter asked, what's wrong? I said, while you were sleeping, I noticed my nail polish was scratched off, but when I just woke up, it's back on your dad and I both seen it off. She said, I was awake the whole trip. I didn't see you tucking you were sleeping the whole trip. I looked at my husband, and he said, no, you were the one sleeping. We have never understood what happened. I think it's either alternate or parallel dimensions or aliens low. Thought I would share this. Hate it. I forgot to mention that the dog we took with us on this trip had a totally different personality after. Went hiking up in the Bighorn Mountains in central Wyoming with my wife, brother, and two friends a few years ago. We wanted to try a little off-the-grid camping, so we just found a side road, drove down for a bit, and found a somewhat secluded spot to set up our tents. It was nearly dark by the time we got there and starting to rain, so we made quick work of setting everything up and settling in for the night. About one, my wife wakes me up. Can you hear that? After listening for a second, I say that's just G, my bro, snoring. It's fine. About that time, the snoring starts to move. We stay perfectly silent for about ten minutes, listening to the sound of whatever. It is roaming around the tents, including the twang of our tent lines being toyed with. We didn't sleep the rest of the night. The next morning, we looked around the tent and realized there were mountain lion tracks circling the tent about half a dozen times. The snoring we heard was actually the cat's chuffing. After waking the others, we made a little circuit around our side and realized we had set up about 100 yards from a den. We packed up and found another spot pretty quick. My buddy and I used to go into the woods behind our house in Indiana when we were in middle school just about every day. Sometimes we'd find interesting shit or creepy crap like little shit shacks where someone had made a home but one day we saw two guys probably early 20s walking around in the woods and as we saw them they saw us and immediately started towards us we freaked out and started running away which they then started walking faster in our direction after what felt like forever we came towards the edge of the woods where they had a ton of empty truck trailers parked Though our thought process, but we jumped in one and hid behind some old boxes. We sat there probably an hour. For about 20 minutes of that hour, we heard him running around shouting, Where'd you guys go? I was scared then, but honestly, as an adult, I look back and feel more frightened because I fully understand how nuts people are. A few years ago, I was bow hunting the edge of a bean field in central Oklahoma. First night of the season that I had made it out, and the first time I had hunted this location. Twenty minutes before dark, I have several dozen feed right out of the woods underneath my stand. 
They continue to feed right up, until Dark and I, of course, am listening for a buck crunch leaves behind them, right as it gets almost too dark to shoot. I notice the does get super nervous just suddenly at something across the field. We all know this is normal for a group of does, but they had been chill the entire twenty minutes or so I had watched them. I'm looking around for a buck, or maybe a coyote. After thirty seconds or so, the does completely lose it and haul out of there. Just as I'm thinking, man, that is weird, I see a brown figure leaping from the back corner of this sixty-acre field and clearing three, four rows of beams at a time. My mind is wondering how in the world a coyote could do that as it's heading straight towards where the does ran into the woods. As the figure crossed closest to me at probably eighty yards, I realized that it was a long-tailed cat. I'd never seen one in person at this time, but they're extremely rare in that area. I went from casually thinking it was a coyote to wondering how the heck was I going to get back to my truck in the dark. I decided to carry a firearm while archery hunting after that day. About 13, 15 years ago, my now wife and I were driving from Virginia to Tennessee. We were in the mountains on the interstate, our 40 in the middle of nowhere. I don't think I was more than an hour or two past I-80. One, but I could be wrong. It was a while ago. It was pitch black. Late at night. Nobody else on the road. A few cars drove by on the other side of the interstate from time to time, heading east. Not in our direction. However, we were the only car on this stretch of the road, in either direction, at the time of our sighting. A large creature ran across the interstate, from our left to the right, toward the woods. It sort of galloped like a horse, but its mouth, teeth, and face were very canine. Upper body thick, lower body thin, like a dog. Its body somewhat resembled a wolf, but it was too tall to be one, especially for Tennessee. It was as tall or slightly taller than our car. Its upper body was very thick compared to its lower body. It paused between the lanes, looked at us, then darted into the woods. I'm a logical person, INTJ, but the creature struck fear in both of us. A friend later told me that we might have seen a balding black bear, but given the size and body shape, I just don't think that was the case. We both talk about the sighting from time to time. For geographic context, I live in the middle of nowhere in Texas between New Mexico and Oklahoma. A lot of open farmland in these parts. I moved back to my childhood home with my father back in May 22 when I had started hearing knocks above my bedroom window on the house at night. One night around 10 or 11 p.m. I was walking from my car to the front door which is around 50 feet and I heard someone walk up behind me and ask me what I was doing here. I recently moved back but all of our neighbors have been here since I was a kid and all knew me. One they're all old men too I know their voices. This wasn't anyone I knew. When I turned around, there wasn't a soul in sight to have run away from where I could see them. It would have been 100 yards to the nearest bush or house behind me. Things were spread far apart in my neighborhood. It's a rural area. I hadn't heard voices anymore, but I continue to hear bangs consistently around the front door and the wall my bed is nearest. I've also been staying in a more populated city with my boyfriend half of the week, and very rarely do I hear the knocks and bangs while I'm there with him. 
We've also installed doorbell cameras, but they never catch anything. Not even normal explanations for the banging around the door. When the banging happens, the camera is never activated to take a video. This has all been going on for almost a full year now. What do y'all think? I'll never forget that camping trip, the one that left me questioning everything I thought I knew about the woods. My family and I had just moved to Oregon from Colorado, and we were eager to explore our new surroundings. We decided to embark on our first camping trip in our new state, choosing a spot at the base of Mount Hood near Clear Lake. Little did we know what awaited us. We passed several campsites as we drove around the lake, eventually turning off onto a very overgrown road. Our four-wheelers strained under the onslaught of branches and bushes, but we pressed on, determined to find the perfect campsite. When we finally arrived at our destination, we were surprised to find a huge pile of firewood, enough to last us for days. Strange, I thought. Wondering if the previous campers had heard something unsettling and decided to leave in a hurry. As we set up camp, our usually calm dog began to act strangely, barking and growling at seemingly nothing. We dismissed his behavior as a reaction to the new environment and carried on, not realizing the significance of his actions. That night, as we sat around the fire, we heard strange noises coming from the woods. At first, we thought it might be other campers playing a prank on us, but the sounds grew more and more unnerving. It was as if someone or something was circling our campsite, watching us from the shadows. As the hours passed, the noises intensified, and our dog grew increasingly agitated. Fear crept into our hearts as we huddled together, wondering what could be lurking out there in the dark. Finally, unable to bear the tension any longer, we decided to pack up and leave. We hastily gathered our belongings and piled into the four-wheeler, our dog still barking and snarling at the unseen presence. When we returned to Clear Lake the following summer, we discovered that the road leading to our campsite had been closed. The reasons for the closure remain unknown, but I can't help but wonder if others had experienced the same unsettling events we had. I don't know what we encountered that night, but one thing is certain. The memory of that camping trip will stay with me for the rest of my life, a chilling reminder of the mysteries that lurk in the shadows of the woods. I'm a 41-year-old woman, but I remember vividly when I was four, my little brother and I shared a room with twin beds. I recall it well. His bed sheets were Star Wars, while mine were rainbow bright. Just setting the stage a little. Our beds were parallel to each other, facing a long and tall closet that was somewhat shallow. The door to the bedroom was to the left of the closet. I was lying in bed playing with my strawberry shortcake doll when I heard the muffled whimper of my three-year-old brother on his bed to my right. Me, being the protective mother hen that I was, without looking over to him, asked him what was wrong. He answered me with a soft sob. I remember putting down my doll and starting to walk over to him. As I was closing the gap between us, about halfway there, he points towards the closet. He hit his face and started to sob hysterically. I remember stopping and following his tiny pointing finger with my eyes. 
What I saw still gives me the chills to this day. In our closet was what I can only describe as an extremely tall void of darkness in the shape of a man. He was well over six feet tall and seemed to be wearing a trench coat of some kind that went past its knees. It had what looked like an old-times western hat that was small but rounded. Mind you, there were no details, only the outline. But his face, where the eyes and mouth would be, there were swirling colors of, well, like energy or heat waves or something. I honestly don't know how else to describe it. His mouth, or the colorful energy swirls where the mouth would be, was open wide as if he were screaming at us at the top of his lungs. Yet we heard no sound. Now, thinking back, we had a shelf in the top of that closet, but he was standing through it. There was no possible other way. But this was not the scary one. On the floor next to this being's right knee, crouched down, was another creature. When I saw this creature, I released everything that was in my bladder. I just peed all over myself. I was terrified to the point of paralysis, yet I was standing, stuck frozen in terror, wet from urine, in the middle of our bedroom. It looked like it was about to take off in a race. It was on all fours and looked like it was about to start running straight at me. It, too, was in the shape of a man, yet smaller and more animalistic. It was as if the taller man was holding it back, like he was walking a dog almost. My mother and father must have heard my brother's screams. I couldn't make a sound at that time. I remember them picking one of us up each to soothe our cries. You better believe once I could, my lungs let loose of the most horrific and blood-curdling scream. By that time, I was in full panic mode and unable to describe what we had witnessed. My father was holding me. I can still remember the smell of his cold leather jacket. It was the early 80s, and he was a biker. His back was facing the closet. I thought he was there to save me, but when I looked up over his shoulder, I could still see the tall man with the colorful eyes a screaming mouth. I tried to show them. We tried to show them, but neither of our parents could see them. My dad slept in the room with us that night because we refused to sleep without him. A couple of years later, in a whole other state away... That same man, minus the colorful eyes and mouth, terrorized me for a good couple of years. This time he was made of total darkness. He was always there, it seemed, standing in the corner of my room, watching me in bed or gliding down the hallway past my door, turning its head to look at me as it passed, peeking around my doorway, but as if it was laying on the ceiling, its head and hat poking around the top left-hand side of the door before slowly sliding back. I was honestly traumatized, to tell you the truth. I would have terrifying nightmares that I truly 100% believe this being caused. Night terrors is more like it. For example, one of those night terrors was of him or it sticking a meat hook through my sister and hanging her on our bathroom door. I also dreamed of these little hooded beings coming out of a hole under a giant line of oak in our backyard and catching cats to eat them. My childhood was terrifying to say the least. Disclaimer. I was never allowed to watch anything but cartoons and things like Fraggle Rock, so I was not influenced in any way that I can recall. No one believed me but my brother. I know this seems weird and random, but I named the man Cottonhead. I'm not sure why, but every night I would cry and beg my dad not to put me to bed because Cottonhead would come. Every night he would tell me it's just a dream.
I was intrigued when my buddies proposed the idea of spending part of our leave in a remote part of New England, exploring an alleged facility that did not exist on record. The story we had heard was that this place housed an individual with some kind of special intuition that was invaluable to the military and intelligence. The whole place was shrouded in secrecy, with only a small team of guards and caretakers for the lone occupant. We decided to dress up as hunters and pretend to be pursuing some game in the area. Just in case we got apprehended by the facility. We had already shot some game the day before in an away part of these woods to make our story more convincing. As the sun started to set, we carefully crept through the woods using binoculars to scout the area ahead. We caught a glimpse of a man outside pacing around in an enclosed area. He came in and out of view four. Five times as the security fence blocked the rest of our view. The person who told us about the facility had warned us that the occupant was unstable and would often start screaming and yelling, requiring restraint. We were nervous, but curious about what we might find inside. As we got closer to the facility, we could hear strange noises and see flickers of light coming from within. Our hearts were pounding as we approached the entrance, but we were determined to see what was inside. We cautiously made our way through the facility, avoiding guards and security cameras as best we could. We soon found ourselves in a room where the individual was being kept. He looked thin and frail, and there was something strange about his eye. Suddenly, the man started to scream and thrash around, breaking free from his restraints. The guards rushed in to subdue him, but he was stronger than we expected. We knew we had to leave before we were caught. We quickly made our way back through the facility, dodging guards and security cameras as best we could. As we emerged from the woods, we realized that we had been in there for much longer than we had intended. We had to hurry to make it back to base before our leave was over. Despite the danger and uncertainty we faced, we felt like we had accomplished something by exploring the hidden facility. We had uncovered a secret that few others knew about, and we felt like we had made a real difference in our mission. Looking back on that experience, I realized that we had been lucky to make it out of there unscathed. It was a lesson that we would carry with us for the rest of our military careers. Before my current job, I had a series of odd jobs, one of which was as the night watchman at the cemetery. The cemetery was very old and notoriously haunted, but both of my grandmother's aunt and grandfather are buried there, so that gave me a sense of ease. Part of my job was to lock the front gate, then to drive throughout the cemetery and notify all visitors that we were closing and that they had to start getting ready to leave. Then I'd let them all out through the gate when I was done. While driving along a section of graves, I noticed an older woman walking along the path, very slowly back to me. She was in my sight for over 100 yards, so I pulled up in my car, got out, took my eyes off of her for a moment, and walked around the car. When I looked up, she was gone, vanished into thin air. I looked all over the area, and there was absolutely no one in sight. It was unbelievable. Later that night, when my wife came to visit and bring me dinner, I noticed her grab her hair and look around. I asked, what's wrong? She said nothing. It felt like my hair got caught in a branch, so I said, babe, look around the closest tree is 50 feet away. She insisted that she felt almost like a hand run 
its fingers through the top of her hair and pull on her ponytail. That's when I mentioned my experience about the old lady from earlier in the evening, and we both were stunned. That was when I told the cemetery I would finish out the week and would be coming back. The following happened in my home and involved both my sister and myself when we were very young. It was nighttime around nine, ten o'clock. We lived in upstate New York towards the mountains, so it was always very quiet and isolated. It's way out ground zero for you. Picture a dead-end hallway 20 feet long with three rooms leading off from it. Two smaller ones on the left, one large one on the right. My sister, who occupied the larger room, was just getting into bed. She had just called for my dad to come say goodnight when the air turned freakishly cold. The kind that stings at your eyes and makes you cough when you breathe it in. The kind necessary for turning soap bubbles into glassy orbs in the dead of winter. I remember watching from my bed as it emerged from the upper hallway, creeping horizontally on the wall. It was facing into my sister's room. It's back to me, slowly coming into her view as a ghostly white arm dragged it along the side of the wall, as if gravity had shifted sideways in the specific area. I remember shouting for my sister, which alarmed her enough to shriek for my parents. Whatever it was heard me and twisted its head around nearly 180 degrees to stare into my soul. It had these huge, hollow, and bottomless black eyes and a mouth, which was twisted into something akin to a carnival mask's creepy smile to match. If you've ever felt that something could kill you with but a stare, this was it. As soon as my father rushed the hallway, it vanished from sight. However, the presence did not. My parents camped out in our rooms for hours, yet the sinister cold held fast. I have seen innumerable paranormal events living up in the mountains on a seventh-generation farm, but nothing I've ever been through can compete with what happened that night. There were four witnesses in all, two kids who saw it and two adults who felt it. There was no precursor to its visit other than roughly three seconds of cold. No other warnings. No other signs. No random, freaky glitches in the Matrix. Suddenly, it was just there. And, in all honesty, that's the most terrifying aspect of it all. After it supposedly left, the cold cleared on its own. And though the thermometers gave normal readings, it must have taken hours to feel like room temperature again. While camping, my then boyfriend and I decided to go on a night hike. We were near a large lake and knew that there was a really idyllic meadow somewhere along it. It had snowed recently, so everything was really pristine and quiet. Expecting a fairly tranquil experience, we both took a low-dose acid. We knew it was, since we had done tabs from the same slip before. To get the full effect of the night sky, we opted not to use flashlights and just let our eyes acclimate to the dark. Things went well for a while. The lake was beautiful, reflecting a full moon with untouched soft snow or sand on the banks. However, as we left the banks to walk further into the forest for the aforementioned meadow, the mood sort of shifted. It may have just been the acid that had already started to hit while we walked along the lake but the quiet suddenly felt stifling and every sound or movement stood out a lot more. 
People in comments before me have mentioned a feeling of dread or being unwelcome, and I'd say I definitely experienced that. Since I was on acid, I figured the best thing to do was to just ignore it and be positive, lest I give in to a bad trip. But as we walked further, everything felt heavier around me, and all I wanted to do was stop and look around. Being the easily spooked and borderline superstitious person that I am, I somehow thought that I definitely should not look over my shoulder. I walked resolutely, keeping my eyes on my feet, when I started to hear footsteps that just barely didn't align with what I'd expect from an echo. They were coming from behind me, and my boyfriend was ahead of me. All I could think to myself was, you're on acid, just chill on a loop. But I could just feel something just beyond my line of sight. I told myself I was being paranoid, and just staring at my feet. Finally, we reached the meadow, and it was such a relief. We were literally out of the woods and back on the safe banks of the lake. We sat on a log or something and just caught our breath and enjoyed the moment. We were barely there for a couple minutes when this thick fog rolled from the forest and lake. It moved quickly with little tendrils of fog creeping ahead, curling around the rocks and flowers at our feet. Finally, I just gave in to my paranoia and told my boyfriend we needed to leave. Now, he hadn't been as spooked as I was and actually liked the fog, but agreed to go. As we left the meadow and got onto an established exit trail back to the campsite, I looked back at the lakeside and saw a dark shape in the fog standing at the banks. That's when I absolutely noped and jogged back with my phone light and a flashlight on in my hand. Two. This one is short. A palate cleanser, if you will. Towards the beginning of that hike, before the acid really hit, and as we were walking along the banks, I started to hear snorting and cracking branches. I got spooked, expecting a bear. Unrealistic for the area, but I'd seen one while camping before, or some shit, and was ready to bail. Had my lights on, ready to scare some animal away, when this big-ass dog with a wagon tail and lolling tongue runs into the clearing my boyfriend and I were in. I immediately squealed in delight and opened my arms to the dog. It came at me all licks and snuggles. A couple of seconds after, about three more dogs run in, all different breeds. I'm in dog heaven. They're all friendly and cute and it's killing me. We hear some short loud whistles and this big Santa looking guy comes into the clearing too. The dogs immediately heal, all relaxed. Turns out he lives off grid nearby and enjoys raising training dogs. They just finished their hike and were heading home in the opposite direction. The big adorable one was an Alaskan Malamut. The others were a German Shepherd, a Pit Bull, and a Mixed Terrier type. All deadly cute. When I was younger, my family and I would go to this tiny town in Missouri to visit my great-grandma. The town only had about 600 residents and was one of the bigger ones in the surrounding area. Well, down there, we decided to visit a family-owned farm, which was about 30 minutes away by car. My grandma at the time was very into photography, specifically rural abandoned houses. As we were driving towards the farm, we saw an, an old beaten-up house that my grandma wanted to take some photos of, so we took a small detour and drove up the gravel road to the house. Being kids, my cousins and I really wanted to go and explore the inside of the house. 
which we were allowed to do with the exception that we weren't allowed to go to the second floor in fear that it would cave in. My cousins and I started exploring the house, which was even worse on the inside. In the living room, there was a huge hole in the ceiling due to collapsed rotting wood. There were mushrooms growing on the carpet, and the staircase to the second floor had fallen down, removing any hope of us sneaking up there. Just as we were about to leave, my cousins and I were interrupted by my aunt, who was angrily yelling at us to get outside. Apparently, she had seen one of us standing at the window on the second floor, which she had specifically told us not to go to. After explaining that the staircase had caved in and there was literally no way of us getting upstairs, she calmed down. I asked my aunt what the person looked like, and she described it as simply looking like a dark figure of a person which I know sounds pretty and descriptive. She also said that she assumed it was just dark inside the house, and that's why she couldn't see any features, and that the person moved away from the window once she started yelling. I don't have any pictures of the house, but I know that my grandma was using that hipstomatic app and maybe posted them to Instagram. I'm sharing a personal paranormal experience that still haunts me to this day and that I've been trying to understand for a while now. A few months ago, I was staying at my cousin's farmhouse in the countryside where I had always felt an eerie feeling but never really thought much of it. One summer night, while lying in bed, I heard slow and deliberate footsteps outside my door. I called out to my cousin, but there was no answer. Suddenly, the doorknob began to turn, but the door remained locked. As I lay there paralyzed with fear, I saw a tall and shadowy figure with piercing red eyes through the crack in the door. The figure just stood there, staring at me for what felt like hours. Eventually it vanished, but I still felt a sense of dread wash over me. I couldn't shake the feeling that something was still there with me. It took me several days to recover from the experience, and I still don't know what I saw that night. This encounter has left me with a newfound appreciation for the paranormal and a healthy respect for the unknown. That is why I'm posting my experience here. To those who have also experienced something similar to me. How are you feeling? Was your experience like mine? Two years ago, I was mushroom hunting in Klamath Falls, Oregon. And I was looking for my son, and I actually stood a little ways from a Bigfoot as he came down the hillside. The sound of his footsteps I'll never forget. He tried to break the branches off trees to get away from me, but I kept talking and he was very interested in listening, but something spooked him and he ran off. 